A podcast where we go one-on-one with fiction creators, such as authors, filmmakers, actors, songwriters, and more. Each episode, we get the inside scoop on our guests' creative process, the ups and downs of their industries, and our guests also give out tips and tricks that help them become successful. And now, let's jump into the episode with your host, Chris C.L. Lowry. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Fiction Addiction Podcast. My next guest is a Cincinnati, Ohio native. She currently resides in Virginia Beach, Virginia. She loves creating stories that are relatable to everyday situations. She writes about topics that have been swept under the rug. One of her many goals is to bring these hidden issues to the forefront and to help people heal. She is also the CEO of Unbottled Visions. Ladies and gentlemen, Patricia Gandy. Patricia, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> so let's let's jump right into it. Um, how'd you get into writing? So I have been writing for quite a long time. And basically I just have been procrastinating getting my book out. Um, and so I just decided no more procrastination and got to it. So where do, you, where do you think the procrastination came from? Life. Life. Um, <laughs> life. Yeah, honestly, life, um, things getting in the way, but that's basically it. And what was it when you said, oh, you know what, I'm going to put the procrastination to the side and then I'm going to start one this journey to be um, a published author? Um, basically, what happened is I relocated, and this is something I stated that I was going to do. It was one of my goals that I finally stated I was going to get done. Um, and I started to do it. However, I didn't have anyone to assist. So I decided just to do it myself. Um, it was just me. I was just tired of waiting and tired of procrastinating and just finally got it done. So, so how, how is that? Because um, I always wondered about um, when people relocate, how is that? Do you go back and forth on the decision? I, although you, I know you make the, made the decision, but did you go back and forth like, oh, is this something I really wanted to do? And how did you know where did you want to relocate to? Honestly, I knew I I have lived here um, in Virginia previously when I was younger. And then I just felt like the energy where I was at, I just needed a different energy. And it wasn't a debate. I just honestly one day packed my stuff and left. That was honestly it. Damn. With no hesitation or anything. Of course, I have a son. He's seven. And I did speak with his father about it. However, he just thought it was a joke. And then one day I just packed my things and I just. Left. <laughs> so how, how old was this at the time? He was five. Okay. okay. He was five at the time. Um, he was in school. So I just basically at that time left him with his father for like a month because school will have been out within a month at a time and I just left. Um yeah. That's just how I did it. <laughs> so <laughs> um when you when you first started writing, what was your niche? Was it short stories? Was it full length? Was it poetry? What was the, the your writing that got you got you hooked basically? When I first started writing, it was actually um, me being in a poetry club. Mm. And from that point on, I was like in elementary school during that time. So from that point on, I would just write everything. I mean, literally everything, no matter what it is, let someone make me mad. I will write stories about them. Like I have journals that I have found Man. from 96. So I've been writing <laughs> for, for a very, very long time. I just 
that's how I get out my anger, frustration, anything that comes to mind, good, bad or ugly. Like I just used to write it down. But my struggle was um, I don't I didn't edit anything. So I just write, write it down and that's it. And because of that, me not editing or using, you know, the correct grammar, et cetera, I feel like that was one of the reasons that held me back as well. Okay. Until um, one day I'm just, I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to put it out there and I'll just see what happened from there. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you, what do you think is the, um, at that young age, what do you think attracted you to uh, poetry at the time? It was just, at that time, it was just something to do, um, to stay out of trouble, honestly. Like, it was just something to do. It was introduced to me um, by a, I believe it was a, he was a music teacher. And he asked, you know, he introduced it to a few kids. And from that, I, I loved it. Like, you just, you can make up your own stories. It's your truth. Um, no one can alter it. And I continue to write um, from basically that point on. Mm. So once you develop um, your first story, you knew that you, you decided, hey, I'm going to publish this one. What was the publishing goal at that time? Like, did you want to go the traditional route? Did you want to always do it independently? I did not always want to go independently. However, my finances <laughs> told me otherwise. <laughs> So <laughs> every person that I reached out to, I just honestly wasn't able to um, financially take care of what they were asking for. And I just couldn't understand why right, would right. it cost so much for me to give you my work? Because technically this is my work. I have done everything. I came up with the title my cover, everything. This is my, like, I understand that you're, and then after knowing that I put all this effort into it and I have to pay you so many dollars that it, it just wasn't adding up for, so I just decided to do it myself. It just wasn't adding up for me because I didn't understand um, what I was truly getting out of it because it didn't feel mm. that way. Now, now break that down a little bit more to like everyone that's listening out there, because obviously there's going to be some people that, that follow in your footsteps and they're jumping to this journey and they don't understand, uh, like, the things you've learned over, over this time. So break that down. What were some of the things they were asking for and what were some of the numbers they were asking for as well? Oh, wow. So the numbers, I'm going to give you um, the numbers was... I mean, I guess depending on the individual, it may not be a lot, but the lowest number that I remember someone telling me that they can do it for was like $2,500. That's crazy. $2,500. And I also had someone give me a contract. And in a contract, it, it was basically um, to me that they own everything. So I said to them, so what are, what am I getting out of me giving you my story? Right. Cause this is my <laughs> life. This is my story. They couldn't really give me anything. Only thing they said, I'll help you promote it. And that was really it. And I'm like, okay. And then they stated, well, I'll help you promote it and I'll get an editor to clean it up for you and everything like that. But um, really, besides the editing and them promoting it, it wasn't really it. <laughs> nothing that I felt like I was getting out of my story because I also another individual, they said that they was they would sell it. However, only way I would get benefits from it is if I did my own uh, like events, right. et cetera. So. When I sat down and looked at everything that was given to me, the, how much it was going to cost me to give someone my story to put it out there, I just decided to do it myself. Now, granted, it is not perfect. It's not. Um, I, I've been through some trials of it and um, it's things that I had to clean up. It wasn't easy, but I feel like 
I learned so much doing it myself instead of just giving it to somebody and then they put their twist on it and it didn't feel real. Mm. So you said something that, uh, that stood out um, throughout that process. Contract. You read that contract and you noticed that it was coming for all your, <laughs> all your rights. So why, why was that so important to do? Because I, I know um, so many writers that don't read these contracts. I don't know how, but but you caught it. So what, what, was, what was one thing you say that is important in terms of these contracts from these publishers? From the one that I received, um, what was more important, it was like the portion of the percentage. Like It was like, I did all this work. And just because you're, I, I, I don't even think they're probably even that big, but um, <laughs> because they're, I guess, who they say they are and they're going to promote it, whatever way they state that they're going to promote it, um, they feel like they basically owned it. And I, and I just didn't understand if anything, I would give you a percentage for right. promoting it. It's not the other way around and reading the contract that I was received after reading the contract, then they, um, they wanted to alter it. Like, Oh no, this was where, um, meant to be for another individual. It was some things that we should have took out and I'm like, Oh no. So yeah. <laughs> I just, change it. It didn't feel good. Yeah, they wanted, like, once I read it and I was like, did you read this? I mean, does that make sense to you for me to give you this? Like, this is my story. This is about my life. This is not, you know, something that I'm just going to give away to somebody. Right. Absolutely. And and that's basically what it felt. I just couldn't, honestly, I just did not understand what I was getting out of giving them my story. I, I No one could really helped me on that besides telling me that they can, you know, get it on different platforms. And maybe that is the case, but I felt like I was given more than what they will be giving me. Mm. Now at that time when you were, you were searching around and looking around for the right, um, right company to partner up with, what were some of the things you were looking for as a writer? One thing I really wanted, and it was something that I, I wasn't going to be able to get, is to actually sit side by side with someone. Because I'm more of a hands-on person, and it was like, it wouldn't be that type of situation. So that's another thing why I also um, decided to do it myself and just go back and forth in my head instead of, you know, have some, give it to somebody Cause I did have someone look at it who, who wasn't like an individual who was going to like had a company or anything like that. And just the stuff that they personally altered on their self, I didn't like because it's like, it wasn't me. I didn't feel me in the story. And I wanted everyone to know that it was me. Mm. So. And I think, I think that, that, that a lot of writers don't realize that when they do have people uh, review their work or edit their work, um, I will call it uh, staying true to your writing, staying yes. true to your voice um, within those words. Uh, why was that so important for you? Uh, because it's my story. And also hey. people can <laughs> feel you like they will feel you. They can actually relate to it. It's just it's my story is a very, um, I believe, relatable story. For a lot of individuals, it's a short story, but I am so amazed by the women and actually older gentlemen who have stated like they wish it was more. And they was like, I just wish you would have gave so much more because I'm going through this situation or this, that and the third. Um, it really touched people and if I would have gave it to someone to outsource it mm -hmm. to make the be like a feel good situation, I don't think that I would get that feedback. Granted it's not, you know, I ain't making a million copies at this moment, but I have touched individuals and that's all I wanted to do. Mm. So and it's and it's crazy you say that because um it was mentioned that you do 
free stories that are relatable to everyday situations. So think about back from being introduced to poetry and, and falling in love with that genre. What got you into this style of writing of everyday situations, um, topics like 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 was mentioned, topics that's under the rug. Why it was so important for you as a writer to touch on topics? Because um, people don't want to tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, people don't want to tell the truth, and I just feel like me personally, everybody make mistakes. Um, everybody make mistakes, and I feel like you can learn from them. So it's no sense of sweeping it under the rug and acting like it don't exist because eventually, some way, somehow, whatever you're feeling inside is going to come out. Um, so I I feel like personally, just I'll allow it to come out in my writing. And and hopefully when it does come out, that it'll touch somebody when it does come out. So, I mean, the and then also it's just been situations that I'm, I have been in or been around or someone close to me um, have been in. And I just like in my head, um, honestly, feel like that is such a good story. Just imagine how many more individuals are going through that situation or been in that situation and want to know a way to get through it or at least try to find a way to get through the process. Mm-hmm. So you're so you you're you're the CEO of um Unbottled Visions. Yes. Great. So tell us what, what is Unbottled Visions. Okay, so Unbottled Visions is basically the name of the company that um I'm starting up off the ground and it's just me allowing others to hopefully um, allow others to tell their story, just to unbottle every, you know, what's inside of them. And that's why I came up with the name because it's so much that you hold inside. But if you unbottle it and then get it out, um, you know, <laughs> that's just what it is. <laughs> so what, what type of stories are you looking to publish and what type of writers are you looking for um, to fall under your umbrella? Um, I would want it to be, like I stated, um, real life situations, things that people go through, things um, people are willing to talk about that, like I stated, um, and the information you have that have been swept under the rug. I have two other individuals um, that have some deep stories and they are willing to come out with it. However, because of, you know, certain I'm going to say, I guess, family, you mm -hmm. know, you worried about like what other people got to say, family, et cetera. You don't want to like pull it out. But I feel like if you get it out, you will feel much better as an individual. And also it can help somebody else. So with Unbottled Visions, that's what that's my goal. That's honestly going to be my goal to get whatever it is out. And I have some individuals. um that I'm working with at this time that have some remarkable stories that I really believe um, will touch some souls. <laughs> <laughs> and it took my short story for them to, you know, actually reach out to me and say that they ready to tell theirs. Mm. So. So what do you, what do you see? Cause obviously um, uh, there's so many, Places you can go with um, your company, you know what I mean. You're talking about you could you could do visuals for for these stories, documentaries, and things like that. What what are some of the the, the avenues you think you're gonna take unbottled visions besides beyond writing? My ultimate goal is to get some movies. Mm. Um. I can't. I don't. I can't say too much, but it's. I'll just right, tell you. Right, right, right. I'll just <laughs> tell you. I'll just give. You'll have the insight. Um, it's the title. I'm just gonna give you the title, and you can just run with that. But it's a story. Um, that I'm hopefully going to get into a movie. It's called Secretly Grieving, and I promise you, if I can just get it where mm. I need it to get, um, 
it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so my ultimate goal is to, um, you know, I I would want to get like some movies. Um, also, I think because of the writing and I feel like writing is healing. I would like to um, eventually open up a writing center oh, wow. that will have actually yoga and writing where people can write their stories and then you'll be able to do yoga because I just feel mm. like yoga calms you. That's dope. So that that is another thing that um, I'm really, really hoping to, you know, get going. Um, yeah, I, I really have a lot of ideas and things that I really want to um, accomplish with Unbottled Visions. So you publish your Unbottled Visions and you publish your uh, your first story. What was what was yes. that feeling once you had those books in your hand? Oh my God. It was so, it was so honestly, like, it was so exciting <laughs> because like I had so many people tell me like it was too short or, um, they, they, they didn't really want to help me because I guess they didn't think that I was serious. I don't know what the case may be, but I knew, really? yes, cause I knew other people who have written books and etc and then once i told them like this is something i wanted to do i just haven't had anyone to help me with the process you know can you assist me or i mean depending on what it was i'm like i'm willing to pay blase blase and then like they would just make it seem like it was so difficult and it was so this and it was so that or they'll it was just i just got a lot of not a good experience so my ultimate goal even uh, is to, you know, help others. I don't want it to be that difficult the way it was uh, presented to me. Um, it's definitely take time. It's, it's definitely time consuming. But if it's something you want to do, I feel like it's not as difficult as others make it seem. Now, how do you stay as a writer? How do you stay motivated? through those times when you have people saying, you have the naysayers saying, oh, no, oh, she's not serious or it's too short. So how do you stay motivated and push through all that? Honestly, um, I have stories come through my head all the time. So I just couldn't listen to anyone else. And honestly, my first story that Impact of the Unknown Presence this technically was not the story that I wanted to come out, but just one day, the title and the vibe, and I literally just wrote down everything and it was, it was there. Like I have woken up in the middle of the night with like titles of stories and I have to write it down because this is something I truly love. And I just procrastinated for so long and I literally, literally have been waking up out of my sleep in the middle of the night. So it it just, if it's something you like to do, love to do, it's your passion. Um, eventually, when it's your time to get it done, I feel like you'll get it done. Um, and you just got to block out people because some people just don't understand what you're, what you're feeling or what it is that you want to do or they don't understand the um, the passion you have for what it is that you want to do. That's all I can say. So your story, impact of unknown presence, and it is your. Mm-hmm. Is it obviously is a personal story? Your personal story of growing up without a father and how that experience impacted your choices and decisions as you grew up and as you became a woman and and step into adulthood. Like, that's deep. So, <laughs> how are you able to... Uh, <laughs> because the story is it's crazy. It, it, it's deep. It's crazy. Like you, like you said, it's, it's, it, it is relatable um, because we all have either experienced that ourselves or known someone that experienced similar type of situations no matter what side they're on. So, how was that knowing... Um, First, you, you're going to put yourself in a vulnerable mm-hmm. position um, by sharing your own story, but also um, 
it's family involved too. You know what I mean? So sharing their their um their not I don't even want to say versions because sometimes I, right. I, I'll say like this because sometimes family doesn't even know the impact they have on you. You know what I mean? So even for them, you you're they now have to look at themselves up uh, in Maryland and and think, wow, I didn't even know if she felt that way. So exactly. how was that? leading up to putting up a story that was going to be so impactful. You know what? Honestly, at the time when I wrote this story, I didn't think about anybody else. It was all about me because it's my story. So I didn't think Mm. about the impact that it was going to have on any of the individuals that's in the story. Um, The only person I really did think about at the time was my mom because she knew that I was going to write the story. But she didn't know what it was going to consist of because no one really did um, by by the title. Um, She was the only person that came to mind, like anyone else in the story. I really never thought about it. And then also at the time writing the story, like I didn't know that, like, it was so like emotional or um, that so many feelings and conversations was going to come up. And when you say family. It's, it's, it's funny how I have family members tell me things about the story that they said wasn't true. And I'm like, so did you live in my house? Did you? Oh, that's crazy. Was you with me? Um, did you live in my house? Did you grow up in a house with me? Did you see me on a regular basis? Tell me where was this individual? Because I, I, I want to know. Right. And it was all a thought. But you couldn't say, oh, I remember this, this, and that, because mm-hmm. it never happened. So you just assume. But be, in my story, because of who the individual was, people just assume that it was in-house, that the person was in-house, and that I had this, you know, happy-go-lucky life. Um, but that wasn't the case. But people on the outside, I mean, I even, my grandmother she even said, I didn't know that. And I'm just like, mm. I'm so confused. Like, my mom, she since this story has came out, she done had so many um, discussions with family members. And she said everything she said in her story is true. Like, I don't understand. Where were you guys? Like, they really... <laughs> right, right. Like, right. <laughs> like so... Because of a person, um, I think because the person um, was a well-known individual, they have an image for when they grew up. Mm. That That is what the people know. They know um, what the person did as, you know, when they were younger. But they had no clue that the person was never involved in my life. So... It's, it's, it's funny, but like I, I, like I said, I didn't think about anyone else at the time. Um, it never dawned on me like this will affect this person or this person or anything. Cause it's not like I did it in like a malicious way or anything to that nature. It was just me, my feelings and what I was going through and things that happened. And I just felt like it should be heard. And Hopefully it'll help somebody else because all that time where I'm thinking and hoping that I have a relationship with that individual that really wasn't the case. I wind up finding Christ and that's who who's going to always be there and who has always been here. And I just didn't realize that at that time. Did Did you anticipate did, did you anticipate or expect that backlash from some of your family members? I did not. I did not. <laughs> Honestly. Like, I, I did not. But most of the, see, I have, since I no longer live in Ohio anymore, um, it's not, they're not going to, they don't say much, they're not going to say anything to me pertaining it. However, I would get calls and, People would say, I didn't know this or this, this and that. And, it, and it's just, um, it's more of my mom mm. in a battle with people than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, even though it's my story, um, I, they have no one really will approach me and say anything 
about it um, is more of her in a battle of battle with people, honestly, about what happened. So, yeah. So for for you, um, was it difficult to write this story because um, obviously you're going back years and you're digging the emotions and and thinking mm-hmm. about them now and and that was kind of like obviously when you're going through them at that time it's hard, but I was I would imagine um even reading it, I would imagine it would be even harder now because you see the outcome of some some things you know what I mean and some decisions. So what was difficult for you digging deep like that and and Opening some those 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 doors that were been closed. Honestly, no. Um, the only hard part I'm gonna say that has been going on about it um, since it's been out is me having to read it in front of people. Mm. I don't know what that is, but when I read it in front of people, emotions come that I thought like I got rid of or didn't exist anymore. Um, really? Yeah, because that's the only time. It's like when people... Um, I didn't think my story was like a sad story. I mean, because people go through it all the time. They grow up without their fathers. They grow up without their mothers all the time. But for some reason, like, um, individuals, like, it really touched them. I don't know if it because some of the people, they knew me. But even when I spoke at a place where I knew no one, they emotion came out and that allowed me to have emotions that I didn't even think that I had. I'm like, oh, I'm crying. I ain't never cried before. Like, what is what is going on? Like, what is going <laughs> on? Um, right, right. <laughs> and no, honestly, at the time, no. Like now, only when I'm in front of people, I guess it's more emotional. But that's a good thing for me because you know it's real. And other people can feel it. And that's all I truly want is for you to feel it. And hopefully you can see if you are individual that is not spending time with your kid or whatever the case may be, maybe it will change your heart or find a way to, you know, get back to that individual. Now, now how has the feedback been from uh, some of the readers, like you said, people who you don't even know that the story um, they can relate to? How has it been? Um, with with their feedback, it's it's been awesome. Matter of fact, um, just last week, um, um, an older lady from my church she ordered the book and she wanted me to sign it, and she was like, "I read it and I told my sister about it, and she was saying that, and she's really older, and she said that it she didn't have." her father growing up. Um, so it had impact her in a different way because she said that she didn't really have a relationship with her father because her mother, her mother kept away her kids from their father. And she said that they had fights all the time in court, but they didn't see it. And, um, she just like hugged me and just, um, I don't know that this, I have gotten so many different stories from individuals, mm. from even guys. Like I had a guy tell me because of my book, he's been trying to bond more with his daughter. That's a teenager because she was living out of state, actually. And she came back and now she had a kid or whatever. I, I can't even like um, um honestly like pinpoint. It, it's so many different stories, but. They're all um, surrounding my story, but they have a different twist to it. The thing about it, though, is that they most of them, I'm not going to say all, but most of the women um, have like literally stated that they cry. Like I had a lady tell me um, that she only saw her father twice, once when she was younger and right before he passed away. Mm. And she's in her and she's in her sixties. Crazy. So um, it is is I I mean I just love the feedback. It's just I just never thought could imagine that my story, quote unquote, what people say was so short and small that it actually touched individuals' life. And then um, I don't know if you got a chance to you know read the full story. However, 
one of the fill-in fathers that's in a story, um, it touched him and he had no clue that he had an impact on my life. So. Mm. What's wrong with that chat? Yeah, so you <laughs> that was oh, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Chad, yeah, he he was just blown away because he have kid, his own kids doesn't didn't even look at him mm. like that. So, um, which that was another topic because it's like you touch someone else's life, but you didn't even touch your own child life. How does that feel? That's crazy. That's crazy. And, and like, I'm about to say, but we'll, I don't even know what would be the psychology behind it. You know what I mean? Only he would know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, yeah, like you said, that's a whole other story. <laughs> like, that's a whole other story, you know? You got but, Chad on the unbottled visions, man. <laughs> you know, that that's a possibility because, you know, I still have communications with, actually, I still have communication with all Every last one of the fill-in fathers, but not my own. So, mm. <laughs> so that's you know that's a that's another story. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that be coming soon. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, I, and I see what people are saying. Like it's it's so much, it's so much. Each you want to know more. Like you know what I mean? Once you read it, and you want to know. Like, like you want to kind of you want to be updated. Like what's going on now and how have things been now. Um, what is a piece of advice for uh for a young kid growing up with a father that you would give them? You know, um, personally, I would just I would say to them that know that it's nothing you have done as a human being as a child is is you know it's not your fault. Um, you can't blame yourself for it. And you cannot control other people's actions. So although it's going to be hard and you may have um, struggled with it, at the end of the day, the most high is there to protect you and guide you and just get on your knees and pray and you will figure it out. It takes some, you know, longer than others, but you will figure it out. I just don't want anyone to ever beat their self up as to why. Or question yourself as to why that individual is not involved in their lives. Because you can't answer for anyone else's actions. Just know that once you have a child, please think about what you felt and how you felt. And so that you don't make that same mistake. So individuals who grew up without fathers. No matter what it is, because sometimes you do lay with people that you're not compatible with and things don't work out. But you cannot give up on having a relationship with that child at all. It's your duty. It's not for the child to fight, to find you, to search for you. You are the parent. You have to take the initiative. But in that process, um, for that individual who may be going through that, the only thing that I can say is just basically don't blame yourself. Know that you are loved by the most high and all you need is his guidance and you will get through the process. So what do you think are some of the, the biggest factors in uh, fathers not being in children's lives? I just feel honestly, see, I don't know what was the factor. Um, honestly, in my situation, I still don't know to this day. I haven't got an answer or whatever the case may be. And far as other individuals, people that I know personally, what I see is honestly just feeling that the mother always got it. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you what would be that factor. I know certain individuals do have relationships where they're battling um, issues with the parent. Um, so that can be an issue. But it's a lot of people who just think life is forever. And they got time to do this and that. But that's not the case. We only here for a short period of time. So while you're here, you should make that time. It's people just 
supposedly are busy. <laughs> if that's all I can see, I don't see busy doing nothing. Honestly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> cause it's a lot of individuals that I know. And it's like, what are you doing that you can't spend an hour? Right. Like, I don't know, I guess lifestyles. Um, me personally, I, I don't, I don't know to this day what it was. Um, I never was received that answer um, for other individuals that's around me. I don't know because I know some good fathers. I know some great ones. But then I know some that you're not doing anything. You'd rather be in the streets or, you know, just busy doing nothing. Honestly, I don't know what that is. And then you do have individuals. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with one of my cousins who was saying that his son is about to be like, I believe like 16 years old and he don't have a relationship with him. And so I asked him and I said, so what have you done to, you know, get to know him or whatever? And he said, well, his mom moved so much, but I just personally feel like if you really truly wanted a relationship with your kid, you're going to find a way. Right. And some people just feel as though finance is all they need to, you know, as long as they send child support, that's their presence and it's not. (laughs) So it's a lot of factors, honestly, that can play um, into it. But from what I see personally, I don't see it being a factor as, a individual can't do it. It's just that they don't mm. want to, honestly. So on, on the flip side, um, obviously your your mother now, and your your mother raised you and, and two siblings herself. So as a mother now, one like um, I can I can only imagine the amount of respect you have for her now doing it with three. You know what I mean? So. What, what 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 is that like now? <laughs> every day. <laughs> you know, every day, every day, because I just, I'm like, how did you do it? Like, by yourself. Like, and only reason, reason mm-hmm. why I'm struggling, like, more now, because I relocated. So his father is not here. It's not like, we on bad terms or anything. We talk daily. He has a relationship with his son. He take care of him, like, you know, financially, but he's not here often. So he does catch flights. He does make time, but he definitely talks to his son every day. But doing that by yourself, like <laughs> no financial assistance, no anything with three, and she was young doing it, I I just, I couldn't imagine. I just, I just can't. I just can't imagine. But I definitely and as a child, you don't know, you don't understand and you don't respect it. But when you get grown and you have your own, whether it's one or not, you would definitely cherish, cherish that (laughs) because um, it's a struggle with one. And even though his dad is in his life and he know his dad and he see him enough. It's still a struggle when you're in totally different states. <laughs> it's a struggle because I'm still I'm I tech I'm a single mom because I have to take him everywhere he needs to go. You don't have that other parent here to take him to a game or take him to kids night out like this past Friday. Right. Um, it's just mm. a lot of things. So just imagine, just imagine doing it with three and in my mom's case it wasn't even just Mm. her three um because her her older sister wound up passing away so she wound up having her three on top of her three oh wow and then not only that have another sister who was on drugs and having her son so it was a time where she had all the kids wow you know doing it doing it herself you know so I I just personally couldn't imagine being her, period. 
Because <laughs> one is a headache, so yeah. One, one is a headache. Yeah, so times that by. <laughs> feed, <laughs> feed, no, yo. I don't know how you might fed up, yo. <laughs> you know, yeah, because, yeah, that's a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> Cause I, I just honestly, it's, it's funny you mentioned that about feet because I literally just had this conversation with his dad yesterday, how I went to the grocery store on, what was it? Thursday. And on Friday, it felt like I didn't do anything. Like, why did you, why did you eat a whole bag of donuts? Like, why did you eat a whole (laughs) bag of grapes in one day? Like, what is, and like, I'm just like, I could, this could last me for a week. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a lie. Like, so just imagine feeding more than one individual. No, absolutely. <laughs> My hats go off to, you know, all the women, all the single moms that's out there. Well, definitely more than one. Because um, it's hard with one taking care, you know, of your kids. Because it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. So, um. Being a single mother, and um, obviously you mentioned that your father is in his life, but still just handling all the aspects of being both parents physically um, and handling all the responsibility physically. What, like, what advice would you give the other single mothers that will keep them uh, from <laughs> from going crazy, basically? You know what I mean? Because sometimes it does get rough. So what, what advice would you give them to push through those times? Oh... You know what? My son, he is my push through, honestly, because it has been moments where I feel like, oh, I'll just move back. You know, um, his dad has, you know, like stated, you know, you should just come back here. You know, things will be, you know, good. You know, it's always with men. It's the financial that they look at. But that's not that's not enough. It's the physical presence. You just, as a woman, you just need like a time away from the kids sometimes. Like they don't understand that. So like for the single moms, I mean, you just, I don't, I really, honestly, you just have to take that moment, but I love my son to death. So like, it doesn't even matter what it is. Like I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And you just have to, honestly, you got to push through. I know it's hard and it can be a struggle, but I love my son so much. I wouldn't change it for a world. And anybody that knows me, um, they can tell you they, they couldn't even, I didn't imagine having a kid at all. But since I have my son, like it has changed my life tremendously. So I just would say um, it's going to be tough, but you just have to push through and just, like I always say, um, the most high, he, he got you. He just, I know it takes time and the struggle is real, but you will definitely push through it. <laughs> so, so, um, how important was uh, religion and how important is religion in your life? And was it, uh, in your life growing up? So growing up, um, I didn't really have any type of religion. Um, Granted, yeah, I went to church a few times when I was, you know, a kid with my grandmother. And we only went because we wanted to go out to eat after. We didn't know what it was about. We didn't understand anything. Um, And it wasn't until I became an adult that I just felt like it had to be something else. And... I was led that way. No one like showed me the way. It was I was led that way. So for me and my household now, it's very important that my son understand. I mean, I'm not going to force any religion on any. If I ever have a kid, doubt it. However, I wouldn't force it on um, my son or anyone else. But growing up, when he gets grown, if he decides that he, you know, he want to do something else, that would be up him. But Right now, as long as he in my household, he's going to get up every morning like he will tomorrow morning. And you're going to pray every morning. You're going to, you know, understand certain things that I feel like 
every individual understand, but it wasn't pushed on me as a child um, religion at all. It was just something that I I had um, was led, I was led to, and I would say like in my twenties. So yeah, it was it wasn't. I can't mm. tell you the. I can tell you the moment that I did get saved, but I can't tell you the moment what what was leading me to that direction because I honestly don't know at that time. So your your stories, your story, you published the book. You actually got into the library and saw a moment online where all of all of a one book was checked out of the library. How how was that feeling when you got? <laughs> yes. I was excited. That was that was the most. Oh my god! I was so excited um, because I had gave it to them. You know, you fill out this form and they gotta read it or whatever the case may be. I don't know, like their full process. But I haven't heard anything back. So one day I just like decided to, you know, the day I thought about it actually is the day I received an email. And said, "Oh yeah, your your book is in a library already." And I'm like, "Really?" So me and my <laughs> son and I had um, um, one of my girlfriends, her child with me. I was like, "Let's go to the library. Let's see if my book there." And they have a sign which says "New <laughs> New Authors." And I asked the lady, <laughs> I said, "Can we see how many was checked out? Because I gave the library four and I only see one." And she was like, "Oh yeah, they're checked out." And I was like, really? And I was just like so excited. <laughs> I was so excited, me and my son. And we just was taking selfies and it was it was good. I, I was just so excited because that was a moment for me. So as a cause you also are um a speaker as well, right? Yes, I have done multiple speaking engagements. So how, how are those? How do you prepare for um, your speaking engagement? Um, how do I prepare? I feel like it's really not a like a prepare moment because it's all about the book and it's coming directly from my heart. So um, I, I really don't have like a prepare process. Um, it's just the questions that people wind up asking me. I'm just hoping I'm giving them the right, right answer that they're looking for. That's that's even right. you know <laughs> even with like you know the the multiple podcasts that I have done. I'm not. I'm. I don't want to. I don't write things because I don't want it to be filtered. I want it to be honest. I want it to be real. I want the people to understand this is a true story. This is what it is. I don't want it to be fabricated mm -hmm. in any type of way. So I don't have a way that I actually prepare, which I have had individuals like, we need to sit down so we can, you know, help you do this. And I'm I'm definitely, um, because it's all new to me. So I'm definitely, you know, gonna have those um sit downs with those individuals um eventually. And maybe they'll give me, you know, some moves or process or whatever. But at this moment, um, the um, speaking engagement that I have done, I just basically go and they ask me what they ask me. And it's mainly about the book. So it's really nothing to, <laughs> I think, to that I really got to prepare for. Because um, it's my story. It's not, you know, it's my story. It's my life. I know everything about it. You asked me a question about me and I'm going to tell you and hopefully um, it's something you want to hear. So what, what's next for Impact of the Unknown Person? Um, I, have, um, a, I have a read-in and a speaking engagement in Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, I, have a, I have a few things coming up. Um, for impact of the unknown presence. However, one thing I do want to say is when I when you mentioned having stories swept under the rug, all the stories would not be the kind of swept under the rug like impact of the unknown presence. Because I have another book that's coming out and it's called Mistress by Default. 
So that's another subject people are aware of. And um, oh, 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 it sometimes oh, gets swept under the that, rug as well. <laughs> you ain't got to spoil it for us. You got you to break that down with that title. <laughs> <laughs> so what? what, what, what when that one dropped? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably this summer. We hopefully this summer. Um, hopefully this summer. Mistress by default. Hopefully, the goal is this summer for it to come out, or or maybe sooner. But yeah, it's definitely in the works. What's that? What's that gonna be? It? Obviously, without giving us the story, but what's that gonna be about? Is the did you hear the title? Mistress by default. Listen, I'm trying to figure out what the. The fault. Okay, so let let's break it down. The default. The default is, um, men. They lie, mm. and you can't blame. Like I know women who've been in those situations always want to attack the other woman, but men. They don't tell the full story. They don't tell the woman about this and that. They don't even some some individuals um have not even stated that they have a significant other or anything. And they live double lives. And that's what it is. Mm. You better, you better, you're gonna be out there stirring up trouble with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't wanna stir up no trouble, but you just need to be honest. Just be honest. <laughs> just be honest. So, what, besides, besides that one, what, uh, what's, what's, what can we expect from Unbottled Vision? Um, like I stated earlier, um, my ultimate goal is, you know, I have a few other individuals that, um, I'm working with, um, with some books. And then I, like I stated, I also want to get in the works, um, the, the writing center with the yoga. I want to do that. And then, um, bottle visions. I'm I'm working on a lot of projects and hopefully you'll see a movie soon as as well. Um, but I definitely will, you know, keep you up to date with what I got going on because I've been having a lot of things um, trying to block me. But like I said, I got I'm highly favored, so I'm gonna keep pushing through. Man, you gotta stay stay focused, stay on the journey, stay on the path. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That 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 is the truth. Um, I'm 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 been focused, and I know you mentioned that you saw that on my social media about the library. That's another thing I'm you know trying to work on, like being more social present is what they state. But I I focus so much like by myself when I'm writing. I be in my zone, so I don't have a time to, you know, um, I guess post as I should. So that's something I, I guess I need to work on as well. <laughs> it's crazy because I talk with a bunch of writers because like sometimes we aren't as writers, we aren't out there like that to be, you know what I mean? To be all in the in the limelight and be all all social. So it's, it's such a challenge and for I, a lot of us. <laughs> it's it definitely is it has definitely been a challenge for me. Like you may see me um post for a little second but then when I get in my mode like I'm I'm strictly in my little hole in my little room and I just I be on my laptop and you know I'm doing what I need to do but then I got <laughs> some people sending me emails like oh I haven't seen you and da 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 and I know that's the way that you're supposed to um you know get more individuals and viewers but yeah, that's a struggle for me. I'm working on that. And I do feel like when I do show up places and do things, people feel my presence. So I'm not um, really focused so much on social media these days. 
I know I need to be according to others. Because <laughs> according to others. Do you, do you think that's, that's going to be, because obviously we have so much discussion now as society of the impact, the negative impact of social media and people being so addicted to it. Um, do you think that's going to change soon? Because it seems like it's not. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think so that it's going to change soon. But I remember the time when people didn't have social media. And so the hustle and bustle outside of that was more important. But now it's more of a social media thing. Because I have other individuals, I, I guess, um, stated to me that your book is really a good book, but you don't do this and you don't do that. And I can only do so much by myself because it's just me and I'm just getting things the way I feel like I have to take my time because I feel like I rushed on a few things. So now I'm trying to take my time, make sure that I can, you know, go back and, you know, revamp some things, of course. But I'm still struggling with the social media thing. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so we, you you mentioned crawling in your hole and uh when you get the right you got any you got any weird run setups, man? Like do you <laughs> like some Do you really weird... wanna know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you really wanna know? So I don't think it's weird, but so I have a writing closet. So my walk-in closet, I sit there and I turn the lights off, but I have like these lights, these little lights, like, you know, like Christmas lights, but they're not Christmas lights, they're clear and they go around the top of the wall. And so I sit and I write like that sometimes, most of the time. So Is it a closet closet? I shut, literally, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's literally I shut my room door, I shut my closet door, and I'm in my closet. And my yeah. kid will be like, Mom, yeah. knock it on the door, and I lock it. <laughs> so he can't just walk in my room and then walk in my closet. No, he can't just do that. Yo. So, like, I don't think it's weird, but, yes, I have a space, like, to get me in a zone. And crazy. I can be there for hours and find myself sleep in the closet. Like Sleeping. honestly, what the? <laughs> so what? What is it oh about the closet that makes you like want to be there? I don't know. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy as hell. <laughs> you can even get like a room that you block off or something like that. But why the closet though? Like, I don't know. I honestly don't. I have no idea. That's just what I. <laughs> I guess it's the only place that I feel like. I'm a, no one can get me, I guess, or <laughs> disturb me. Like, I I can't have any disturbance because I'm in my closet. No one can get in here or anything. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I like writing in there. And I got it set up. I got my little lights around the wall. And I got, like, yeah. Lights? <laughs> <laughs> I got my little set up in my closet. That's crazy. Now, do you write or do you type? Like, are you handwriting or do, are you typing on the computer in there? I really love, I. you know what? I I, rep, I double work myself because I do everything right. Oh, my God. And then I'll go back and type it. Uh, why? Because I don't, <laughs> I, I know, I'm working on just typing, but thoughts come to my head so quick, I don't always have my laptop. So I'm constantly writing. Like, I have, like, three journals in my purse on a daily like I, I don't know. I just love the paper and a pencil. <laughs> I just love it. And so I, I'm working on that as well because people be like, "You double working yourself, blah blah blah." But for some reason, like it feel good if I just like. It's been times I I definitely get on my laptop a lot now, but it's definitely been times where I would grab a notebook and I'll just go in my closet on the floor. And I would just sit there and I would just write and write and write and write. And then my kid would come and find me. If I leave my door unlocked, he'll come in there and he'll just lay on the side of me. And while I'm writing or either if I'm typing at the time, he'll just fall asleep right next to me. And we'll wind up be asleep and he'll wake up like, come on, get up, go get in the bed. <laughs> right. I don't know. That's just my space. That's just my space. Don't judge me. That's my space. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> 
So now you gotta actually break this closet down some more for me, man. I can't. <laughs> I have okay. So listen, the closet has a space, and I have pillows that is a walk-in closet, I'll, right? And yeah, I mean, just normal. It's like your normal walk-in closet. You know, I got my shoes and stuff, blah blah blah. But at the top is my little lights. Is where I got it going across. Mm, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, like this. <laughs> yeah, I have my lights going across. <laughs> maybe, look, maybe for you, I'll uh, one day, maybe I'll open up my closet. Yeah, <laughs> I'll open up my closet. And post it. <laughs> yeah. People going to be like, what the hell? Everybody going to want to see it. Maybe. <laughs> you going to have people in there doing like a closet challenge, writing their books in a closet, man. That's going to be crazy. Oh. Oh, that look! There you go. You just you just did the closet challenge. The writing, <laughs> the writing closet challenge. <laughs> but it gotta be the right setup, though, man. Don't be out here. You gotta have everything legit. Everything set up the way you do. Right. You gotta have the pillows. You gotta have the lights at the top. Man, you gotta have the right closet. You gotta have a walk-in. Don't be in no janitor joint. No, you have to have the right. You gotta have. No, I don't want you going no little. Little closet just with a little door, and you just hang. You got a little hanger. No, it ain't that type of closet. <laughs> <laughs> right, you gonna have people in there claustrophobic trying to write a book. <laughs> they gonna be stuck. No, 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 not that, not that kind of closet. It's the walk-in closet. You got plenty of space. You can lay down in it. Like you can lay down in the closet if you wanted to. Be in there sleep. So. We can fit in there, so. Now, <laughs> now, before we get out of here, tell everybody where they can find you, get in touch with you, and where they can find your books at. So you can find my book um, at www.unbottledvisions.com. It's also available on Amazon. You can find me on social media at Unbottled Visions on Instagram as well as Facebook. You can also find my book at the Virginia Beach Public Library. It's in there as well. And you can also just contact me. Um, I have books on hand daily, so I can ship them to you. Um, so, yeah, that's where you can find me, unbottledvisions.com. All right. This was the Fiction Addiction Podcast. This was Patricia Gandy, Unbottled Visions. Thank you so much for jumping into the podcast and sharing so much with us. We appreciate having you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm, this was the funnest, funnest podcast that I've been on. So I love it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Make sure you visit fictionaddictionpodcast.com for links on everything we talked about today, as well as awesome resources, additional tips, and fiction addiction merchandise.